Welcome back to another episode from Tick Markets with me and the leading in industry, Tim Finch. Talk to you everything about the financial market. How are you doing today, Tim? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm brilliant. We've had some technical issues with Instagram. It's been happening for the last two or three weeks. So let's have a great one now. Give the audience what they deserve. Let's talk about last week. It seems to have been a bit of a shaky week for the markets. I mean, there's been so many data coming out in the market last week, right? Yeah, it's been a difficult week for everybody. I think, you know, it's hard to keep a consistent view from one day to the next because there's so many different events happening. But let's right. go through it all, yeah? Yeah, let's go. What's the latest news on inflation? Well, you know, there's a growing split between the US and China. That's well known. But what's new this week is signs of a kind of emerging split between the Western central banks. They're not all on the same page. So I'll give you an example. The Fed Governor Powell obviously came out and reiterated his comments on rates staying higher for longer. That's his standard speech. He says, look, we're not yet done on inflation. And so the market started firmly pricing in a 50 basis point hike at the end of next week. But in Australia, the RBA hiked their rates, but their forward guidance was to say, after this, we'll be a bit more dovish. The rates will come down. Now, if you compare this to Japan, where the next move in rates is probably higher, you've got central banks that are kind of out of step with each other. So what was very important this week was obviously the US non-farm payrolls and the employment numbers that came out yesterday. It was a better number from the Fed's overall perspective at 311,000, but still more than the expected 225,000. So inflation, unemployment rate is still 3.4%. There was a slight revision on last month's super high 517,000 number. They took 34,000 off. So on that news, interest rates fell very slightly. Um, but how does this number affect the Fed rate decision, which is coming in uh, two weeks' time? Right. And last week, we were looking for a stronger US dollar, especially if US equity markets fell. But we have actually seen USD selling this week. Why is that? Yeah, normally when equity markets fall, the dollar is stronger against sterling, euro, yen. And the dollar index is strong when equity markets are falling. But on Thursday, we had some dollar selling, even as the equity markets went down. And there was more dollar selling after the non-farm payrolls came in. So dollar yen went from like 136.75 all the way down to 134.70. So the news about some US banks was the negative for the dollar this week. So these banks have been carrying some losses in their bond and treasury portfolios. And as the Fed raises rates, they need to sell off some of these to crystallize losses. So names like Silvergate, which failed, and now Silicon Valley Bank, which was the 20th largest bank in the US. Uh, it was the sort of favored bank for venture capitalists, for hundreds of startups and technical companies in Silicon Valley. But even this week, Peter Thiel, the famous uh, venture capitalist, said, get your money out now. So on Wednesday, Silicon Valley Bank revealed it had lost about 1.8 billion following the sale of this portfolio of securities, which was valued at 21 billion, which it had to offload because customers started withdrawing their deposits. So they even said, look, we'll announce a share sale to shore up the value. But the shares went down 60% on the day and another 20% in after hours. On Friday, the shares were suspended before the market even opened. And the regulator has stepped in 
to control shutting down the bank and returning deposits to account holders. So here's the problem, right? If treasuries are yielding over 5%, people take money out of the bank as deposits and put it into a six-month treasury. So then the bank has to go and increase its level of deposits again to show the Fed it has enough reserves. And in doing so, it must sell securities to replace those deposits. So is the Fed actually, you know, increasing this bad situation by raising rates? It's a kind of side effect, but people are wondering who's next. The big banks, you know, like Bank of America, JP Morgan, no problem. They've got funding. But the smaller guys, you're starting to see on the TV shows, people focusing on uh, Republican Bank and, and banks like that, that may be smaller and may have a problem here. And how can they overcome this problem, though? Well, it's really a chicken and egg. They invested in these bond portfolios when rates were very low. And now that rates are high, there's a loss on these bonds. So when they have to sell them at a loss, it's a kind of vicious cycle, right? They have to sell them to bring money into the bank to pay out their depositors, but they're making a huge loss on these positions. And eventually the bank has to fold. I mean, on Tuesday, the, the CEO of uh, Silicon Valley Bank was interviewed on TV and he was asked, you know, what's the best thing about living in California? You look very relaxed. Everything was fine, right? He's talking about cycling. What a great, you know, place to live for cycling, to live in California. Not a care in the world. By Wednesday, the stock of his bank has gone down 80%. It's like things are happening so quickly in these markets. It's almost like crypto for these smaller banks. You know, they're involved with small startups, companies that the bigger banks don't want to be involved in. So it has always been risky business, but... Yeah, they could have controlled things better. They they knew the Fed was putting rates up. It's not as if Chirpel has kept it a mystery, right? Even for these smaller banks. Right. Uh, let's move on to the U.S. equity markets. It seems to be crumbling. Is it still about interest rates? It is, and the debate still goes on. You know, it's really Fed Powell, Chair Powell, whose comments caused the sell-off this week, the start of it. And if you remember, we tested the key level in the S&P 3940 last week, and that held and markets went back. But this week, it's been broken. So on the non-farm payroll numbers, the markets didn't really break back above 3940. So I would say this week, the winner is uh, don't fight the Fed. We're still in this classic bear market rally situation in January. That's sort of characterized by sudden rallies that just lose momentum. But now it's down again. If you look at the charts, it's lower highs and lower lows. So we are in a bit of a downtrend at the moment. So when the US bank you know, news came out, that just really pushed the markets lower. Um, you know, there are better levels to buy down here and some people are still talking about buying, but it's a little bit of doom and gloom this week. Right. Now gold, it seems to be moving all over the place this week. Why is that? Well, last week, if you remember, we started at 18.55. Then we saw a massive sell-off down to 18.07, you know, as another risk uh, asset. It fell when the equity markets fell. But now we've got this bad news about, you know, the U.S., small U.S. banks. We're seeing a flight to safety. So that means that people bought gold as a hedge against risk and bad news in the markets. So we went back to 1867 after the unemployment numbers. Another thing that we noticed this week was in Ukraine. Last week, we were talking about the new Russian offensive that began. 
And this week, there was missile attacks dangerously near the Ukrainian nuclear power plant. And apparently, emergency diesel power generators had to kick in because they lost power. So the UN came out and warned, look, we've been lucky so far, but there is a danger of a nuclear accident here. So if you remember the last time this happened last year, when there was again some missile attacks near the, the nuclear power station, there was some gold buying. And there was selling also of euro dollar because if we have a nuclear accident and there's some nuclear material released into the atmosphere, it's going to be Europe that's nearest to it, right? Right. What next for crypto? We hear the term pump and dump in crypto very often. Was this whole move from 1800,000 to 25,000 the pump and now we see the dump? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it is a phrase that's come out of the crypto industry. There's a number of factors, I think. I mean, on the negative side, the Silvergate Custody Bank went into liquidation, as we predicted last week. Um, on the negative side as well, on the regulation, it seems like the SEC, the US regulator, is blocking the flow of US dollars into crypto markets. So without the ability to channel that kind of fiat currency into the crypto world, crypto's kind of gone a little bit quieter. It looks, it looks like a quiet pond rather than a sparkling fountain of innovation this week. So Silvergate has not been the only, only been the most important link between investors who wanted to channel money into crypto, but it also offered to settle balances between Silverbank bank clients at any time of the day, including weekends and public holidays. Well, now that's gone. So you'll remember that on the 3rd of January, the Federal Reserve, the FDIC and the Office of the Control of the Currency in the US issued a joint statement about crypto asset risk to the banking organizations. So they'd previously warned about the volatility of cryptocurrencies for retail investors, but the latest warnings included the financial stability of the banking system. So although it's been traditional lending issues, like we talked about earlier, that affected small banks like SVB, it's really this that's putting the spotlight on those servicing the crypto industry like Silvergate. So again, it's, it's the vicious circle. Now, this week, we also had a bit of a sell-off in altcoins. The Ethereum founder, unusually Vitalik Buterin, sold 220th worth of altcoins this week. And he explained his sale by saying the tokens had no cultural or moral value. So normally, he's positive and supportive of crypto, but this is a bit of an unusual one, him getting out of these small altcoins. So if you remember, Bitcoin broke down below its 50-day its moving average last week. So the technical levels we were watching for 21,600 and then 21,200, both of those were broken. 20,000, we said, was the psychological support. So that was tested in a move down to 19,675 on Friday. But then the unemployment numbers came in and, and Bitcoin got pushed back up to 2,250. Now, remember, it does trade at the weekend. So watch out when liquidity is maybe less at the weekend for moves against, uh, against crypto. Right. That's really interesting, by the way, uh, the story about Ethereum. Um, what happened in the UK this week? Well, mostly a positive week. Um, Rishi Sunak was focusing on stopping the migrants who use small boats to cross the channel. He's had meetings with French President Macron and they've agreed a strategy to try and stop this. Um, we're getting the start of rail strike settlement talks where the government's talking to the unions. So maybe this is the golden years of Rishi beginning. Uh, on the amusing side, former Prime Minister Boris Johnson 
tried to suggest his dad should get a knighthood at the next round of honours. So everybody's just tired of Boris now, I think. So he was kind of told, please shut up. So Sterling US kind of moved higher with the dollar being sold off slightly after the non-farm payroll numbers. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a, still a range-bound week. You know, maybe we're getting starting to see a sign of where the bottom for sterling is and maybe we should get some some better numbers this week right brilliant thank you so much tim for your time this week indeed it's been a very eventful week uh we're looking forward for a productive week in the market next week for all of our clients thank you so much for your time guys if you're watching this please make sure you give us subscribe like this episode for the youtube algorithms and help us get five stars reviews on apple Podcasts and spotify Podcasts. thank you we'll see you again next week